0: Hey, race fans, welcome to Talk and Stock. Let's go. All right, everybody, welcome back to Talk and Stock. Good to see everybody. Here back for episode two. I hope
1: you enjoyed episode one. Uh, I'm Kyle. I'm here with my co-host, Trey. Trey, how you doing? Hey, Kyle. It's good to be back talking about uh, some good racing this weekend and excited for it. Very exciting to be back indeed. Good to talk to you.
0: First thing I'd like to do, though, is give a shout out to our boys over at Novus. Um, You can check them out at their socials at Novus underscore band underscore official. They're the very creative gentlemen behind our intro theme song man they're uh, really doing a good job over there i appreciate what they've done for us um if you guys go over there and check it out like what you hear maybe go check out some of the new shirts it's got some great colorways We showed some support from the band outside of that tray great race weekend great time at the 600 but i do believe that there were some very very interesting headlines maybe a couple just a few and uh, i think the one that everybody's on everybody's mind that is is uh Controversy with uh, Denny Hamlin and the 11 team with the nine Napa team of Chase Elliott. Trey, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Interesting to say the least. Uh, not something you see every day in NASCAR. Uh, a lot of controversy surrounding it, obviously with Chase already being suspended one race, Hendrick Motorsports, they're not going to appeal that. So we're going to, we get to see Corey LaJoy this weekend. Um, but back to the actual incident, I think, I feel both sides, you know, I see Denny, why Denny's upset, but I also understand Chase's frustration. He got run into the wall, come out of four on that lap. He got run into the wall. I believe it was the previous lap or two laps prior to that. And there's just built up frustration. I don't think Denny gave him a lot of room. We're on lap 180, I believe it was somewhere in that range. Um, It doesn't make sense to be running someone that hard that early in the race. I get that you're running for stage points, but I see why Chase got frustrated. And then Brad Kozlowski definitely got into the back of of the nine um, as that incident was happening. So I think what Chase meant as a little little bump into the 11 turned out to turn uh, Denny 90 degrees right into the wall. And now we're sitting here talking about it. Yeah, definitely no doubt. Um, if you haven't listened to episode
0: one yet, I do encourage you to go check it out. If you have, uh, and I'll give you a little hint to those who haven't listened already, I am a little bit biased as I am a Denny Hamlin fan. So not going to take up too much of our time, as I'm sure that you guys know how I feel about the incident, uh, at least on on the perspective um, between the two drivers, between the accident. Uh, so I'll spend most of my time here talking about Really just the action itself, not super thrilled with that. Um, Frankly, I don't know um, what's going through Chase's mind on that one. Um, Very dangerous move, dangerous uh, as it gets really in the Cup Series. Uh, I don't know how many of you uh, were able to turn into the Indy 500 this weekend. Um, Obviously a marquee event, but later in the back half of that race, um, there's a situation There was uh, some contact, very violent crash. Tire actually went into the crowd. Thankfully, nobody was hurt by that. But in that incident, a very new safety advance um, in IndyCar, the Halo device, protected the driver as he slid upside down, and he was able to walk away from that. I think we have gotten to the point in motorsports, and this is the reason I bring up the Indy 500 incident, is we have gotten comfortable with the safety of drivers. We've gotten comfortable, comfortable with the standard. And I think with that, we've created um, a bit of numbness um, that is certainly started on the fan side. I mean, you always have the gasp factor. Um, but I think we've gotten numb uh, as fans and as drivers to how dangerous um, some moves can be. And I don't want to, I'm not a pearl clutcher. I'm not really anti-Chase Elliott. I, I like Chase Elliott. I think he's a great driver um, and, and he's, he's a really good, uh, really good presence in the sport. It, it's better when Chase Elliott is better. Um, but from the perspective of safety, it doesn't get worse than that. And we've gotten so comfortable and these drivers have gotten comfortable with actions like that. And it's obviously not just chase. It happened last year with Bubba Wallace, who's in his age range. There's a lack of appreciation and respect for a move of that nature. 30 years ago, a T-bone 90 degrees at that part of the track, at that speed was a a death sentence. It was the quickest way to put someone in the hospital or in a casket and i am absolutely not thrilled with how that has gone and both of these drivers elliott and hamlin have both been very vocal on how they felt that this car has been not as safe as the previous generation so i do talk about the safety and how these guys have gotten comfortable with both of these guys have admitted that this car isn't even up to its standard st- stuff uh from gen six um so i mean I don't think that there was any point where Denny Hamlin was in danger. I, there's obviously safety measures in place, but if you watch the end car, that's about as violent as you're going to see. Uh, there was obviously Priest's wreck a couple weeks ago that was also very violent, where he got in uh, into it with Chase, uh, I'm sorry, Kyle Larson. But this is just a move that, that a right rear hook has absolutely no place in the sport. Um, I'm not a fan of it um, as an L, as a, a Hamlin fan, you know, to be getting in with Elliott. But but frankly, if this was two crash pack drivers in the back of the field, I would be just as upset to see it happen because I was upset when I saw it last year at Kansas. And I hope that people have seen this now for a second time, that this driver is getting parked. You will be out of race. This is, this is not the safest way we can be driving. It is quite the opposite. And, you know, I hope that people learn the lesson because I can guarantee you NASCAR is the least thrilled that that man's going to be sitting on the couch next weekend when they have taken a known viewership decline when he hasn't been on the racetrack already this season. So kind of a filler race. I think that this will be enjoyable, uh, but I'm not sure this will be the best race of the year at, at, at WWT. Uh, and on top of that, they're going to put their, their most popular driver on the sidelines. I'm sure NASCAR is super, not thrilled. Definitely not great to have this happen to chase. Um, although it is of his own doing, um, but that, that's kind of my rant on that. I have no desire to talk on it really further because I think that it overshadowed was a fantastic, fantastic race at a mile and a half. Um, puts on another show again at the Coke 600. Um, I
1: don't know. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Tri. I thought it was a great race. Fantastic from start to finish. Obviously, we had a couple incidents there with Chase and, and Denny that maybe shadow overshadowed some of the excellent driving that we, we got to see. But I think we saw guys move throughout the pack. There was tons of lead changes guys from all over people spinning then able to battle their way back to the front and and post a good finish. So I think the mile and a halfs have done wonders, uh, for, for the viewership people have, have gotten their money worth, uh, when they get to sit down and watch those. Um, I think maybe with seeing a race like that, the death to the roval, I hope that maybe we reevaluate that and, uh, get to see two races at, at the Charlotte oval next year. Oh,
0: I couldn't agree with that anymore. Uh, so, and I I do believe that the fans agree with that. I'll reference Jeff Gluck's poll here. It was a 91.2% good race, which is good for the, for the second best race of the year. And it is only slightly had, I believe of last year's race, which was also in the 90s. So I think that the Charlotte oval is back. The 600 is certainly back. That was such a phenomenal race. Um, I would love to see a second date added, and, and the Roval just isn't a great. The Roval, along with the Indy Road Course, which I was at last year, they're just not. They're just not putting on great shows. So I think that both the both of those events should go back to ovals. The second date for Charlotte and uh, go back to the Brickyard in Indy. Um, but back to more so of, of this weekend's race. Couldn't be more happy for a guy like Ryan Blaney. Um, it was exciting to see him get emotional at the end of that. Um, not that I'm rooting for the guy to be, uh, sad, but it was exciting to see him back at victory lane. Um, he's a good, good driver. He's a good representation of the sport. Really like Ryan. Um, uh, it was good to see him get back to the end, but you know, what? there was comers and goers all day. Uh, a lot of guys getting back and forth to the front. Willie B and his pit crew, they really had, they really had the hot shoe, you know, I mean, they were getting him up there and then he would slide back a little bit. They get him back up there. So really a big fan of how this race played out. Couldn't be happier for Ryan Blaney and, uh, you know, as S race kind of concludes, I really got a, got a point to, uh, you know, this was a prediction of yours last week, Trey, that you felt that Tyler Reddick would run well. Uh, how
1: about 2311, man? They are really,
0: really flying right now.
1: Yeah. Both the 23 and the 45 posting a good, good finish this weekend. Uh, in Baba. that's three straight top five finishes. I think a win might be on his horizon, which would be a uh, great for that, that team in general. Uh, but great for Baba to keep, uh, his success moving forward and, maybe make a run in the playoffs this year.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's absolutely true. Um, I, I'll, I'll briefly touch on it just because of the news. Um, you know, he, it, a little bit of an altercation with Almarola. I mean, I'll I'll kind of brush that as just, you know, tempers flaring. But I would definitely like to see that not happen for Bubba because, you know, I, I think that a lot of people give him a lot of crap. Um, you know, unfortunately, what he dealt with with Charlotte last weekend is uh, just – this is two weeks in a row that there's been sideshow stuff that have devalued how well he's been running. And I think if you look at it from the perspective, how well 2311 has developed this season, um, come come coming adding another driver with Tyler Reddick, uh, Bubba you know, a back for another year, they're really developing. They got a good core of young drivers and they're showing great speed. And, you know, this isn't just something that's a little flash in the pan. I expect them to be a factor coming up this week at Worldwide Technology Raceway as well. So I think we already touched on no Chase Elliott, but I think that some significant talking time deserves to be given to Corey LaJoy. I'm very excited to see him in some top tier equipment. How about yourself, Trey?
1: Yeah, Corey is one of those guys that we've seen him in middle to back of the pack type equipment, but he has found himself running up towards the front at times and being competitive uh, in what he's been given. So I think he has a lot of skill. I think it will be interesting to see if he can keep that nine, maybe in in the top 10, even in the top five.
0: That's absolutely something that I would love to see. I think Corey has been the most underrated driver uh, in the field for a little while now. He's done really well with Spire. Obviously, people were not upset with the the block that Chase put on him. Uh, was, Was it Atlanta? I believe so, yeah. I believe it was Atlanta. Um, you know, he was like very close to a win, you know, and, and that equipment is impressive. So I'm excited to see what he does in the nine, because it's obviously one of the premier teams in the sport. I think Corey's up to the task. I really wish him the best of luck, but how do you kind of see the rest of that race playing out? We've got obviously Carson making his debut with Spire and LaJoy's, uh, place, but outside of the new faces and new places
1: kind of deal, how do you see this mile and a quarter track playing this weekend? Yeah, this is an interesting track. We did only mile and a quarter track on the schedule. Uh, it's a new track, so we don't have a lot of driver experience there. So it's kind of a, a new a new show for everyone. I'm trying to see here who, who you think would is going to come out and win this race. Well, uh, I mean, I would expect to see
0: um, the same kind of group um, that was there last year. So that was a lot of Fords and a lot of Toyotas. I think that Gibbs has a ton of momentum I think that Hamlin probably would have been a factor had he made it to the end of the race certainly Bell and Truex were up there um and on top of that 2311 was up there so they've got good momentum Toyota ran well last year they had Gibbs finish second and a couple other and I I believe Hamlin wrecked out with Chastain in that race where he ran in the back because of the wreck but Truex and, and Bell definitely finished in the top 10 so I think Toyota will be strong um Joey Logano won that race last year um but just a momentum guy. I think the organization's got momentum. I'm going to go with Tyler Reddick. I think he wins. Uh, I think that's my winner for worldwide technology raceway.
1: I think that's a great pick. Tyler's been running great. As we mentioned, that whole 2311 team is is putting it on the field. And I think we're going to see uh some wins for for both the 23 and the 45 coming up. But I uh I think I have to go with the five of Kyle Larson this weekend ran well last weekend at Charlotte kind of got in a couple incidents there, put himself out of contention. Uh, but he's, I think he's still going to be dominant and uh, come out with the race win this week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to pick against that team right now. Um, if they can just be there at the end, you know, the Hendrick cars always have short run speed. So if there's ever a situation where there's one of their four cars up front or first couple rows, you know, they're going to have something for the competition. Um, but just going off of last year, I thought that the Fords and Toyotas were good. And, you know, this was the first momentum builder that Ford's really had all season, um, you know, with, with Blaney winning. You know, it looks like Ford found a little bit. Um, so I'm thinking that I'm thinking that the Fords also are going to, you know, play off of last year's playbook, build that notebook. I think they'll be up there in this one. Um, it does always seem that whenever we go somewhere new or it's a new venue, Joey Logano's up there. Um, so I wouldn't be quick to count him out. Um as we kind of move into the other news of this week, moving uh, you know outside of just this race preview, um, this was kind of breaking news today, just a few hours before we rec- uh, recorded this. The largest penalty in the next-gen era, so a, an L3-level penalty, was issued to the Stuart Haas 14 team for not only modification, but counterfeiting parts. Um, to me, this is just a sign that while they've got a car in the top five of points, I think it's more about the fact they got a hall of fame driver and probably the best crew chief on the box with the four team. I think Stuart Haas might be in trouble. What say you, Trey?
1: They are absolutely in trouble. If you're going to go through these lengths to modify your car and still finish in the twenties, I think that there is uh some serious, serious down days ahead for, for Stuart Haas, Haas Racing. racing not saying that they can't turn it around i think that some of those guys have the ability to run well and turn this around but they're struggling right now um massive penalty that is that is wild to see we don't typically see something that truly will impact uh guy seasons but even if chase briscoe goes out and gets a win now he's gonna struggle in the playoffs uh with that minus 25 in the in the playoff points yeah, there's absolutely no doubt of that.
0: And, and the reason I really feel that Stuart Haas uh, as an organization is in trouble is because NASCAR has been very transparent with modification uh, penalties. Like if you're messing with this single source part, um, you're going to be penalized for it and you're going to be penalized heavy for it. So I think the fact that they were willing to even take the risk of modifying and counterfeiting this part, knowing that the, the suspension would be so severe is kind of a testament to how much they are struggling. Um, I've always thought since they've transferred over to Ford from Chevrolet was, you know, that's probably the second best Ford team. You count on that. You know, Penske's in a different class, but number two is certainly going to be SHR. But if we're being honest with ourselves, the second best Ford team has been RFK.
1: I certainly think that RFK has taken over that number two spot. And that is partially because they have been very good this year and also partially because Stuart Haas has been extremely bad besides that four of kevin harvick
0: you really have you have a hard time making slow cars go fast so (laughs) um you know they've got their work cut out for them there's no there's no doubt about that so um i think moving on we touched on it a little bit as far as our winners for this upcoming week but certainly we want to go over how we did last week um the pod point system which we did not cover last week as there was no race to cover Um, we're going to keep track how me and Trey do. We, we predict a race winner and we pick three drivers in the top five, but of that three, one of them is going to be our race winner. So you get five points for picking a race winner, and then you get an additional one point for every person that you put in the top five. So you'll have four chances. You can do really well. You can do really poorly. We didn't do exactly great considering, uh, this past week I picked, uh, chase Elliott to win. uh, Unfortunately, he did not make it. I had Elliott, Hamlin, and Larson in my top five. Lost two guys on one swing of the bat there. Uh, Larson obviously wrecking out a little bit later. So I got zero points. Uh, As for Trey, Trey, he had Harvick winning, which was a good pick until the very end with a late wreck, but unfortunately no points for that. Additionally to Harvick, he had Larson and Redick. Um, Larson wrecked out. And Reddick obviously finished in the top five. So on the season, the standings now read one to nothing. Trey, I will be coming back, and I'm hoping to take the lead sooner rather than later. But let's certainly get into our picks for Worldwide Technology Raceway. You know that for winners, I'm going with Tyler Reddick. Trey, you are going
1: with? Kyle Larson, as I said earlier. But for my top five on top of Kyle Larson, I have last year's race winner and and runner-up. That's Joey Logano and Kyle Busch, both finishing in the top five. How about you, like- Kyle? I like that. I
0: like that. Those are good picks for me. Like I said earlier, I like Redick. I like that Toyota momentum. I'm going to pick Christopher bell to finish along with him in the top five. I think bell's running really well, arguably on a given week, the best JGR car. And as I touched on earlier, I think the Ford's found a little speed. I was at this guy's race win before his last race win at Atlanta. So I was at the Michigan race. This guy just seems to kind of do well and get streaky. So um, I'm going to go with Ryan Blaney. I think he has another good finish. Um, definitely going to put him in the top five. So I'm going to go with Redick, Blaney, and Bell.
1: Yeah, I think that sticking with uh, the Toyotas and Fords uh, definitely will pay dividends for you there, Kyle. Uh, speaking of Fords, my long shot this weekend is Chris Busher in the 17 at plus 4,000. I think he ran well this week. Once again, like some other guys, got caught up in some incidents. But overall, the the that RFK RFK team has been running super well this year, uh, and I think that he has the outside chance to to get himself into victory lane.
0: Yeah, I like that pick. Um, certainly for me, um, I kind of have two. I don't know if we're doing two. I don't want to say it's cheating, but I'm going to put two out there anyway. At plus four thousand, I like Ty Gibbs. Um, I think he's the best rookie we've seen in a while. Um, that fifty four car has been pretty pretty good this season, um, and with how good the Toyotas have been. I like that at plus 4,000, a little bit more of a long shot at plus 6,500. I like Austin Cedric. Like I said, um, the Fords are pretty good last year. Both Blaney and Logano finished in the top five and Cedric finished 11th. So I think if you're looking for someone with a good bit of value on a long shot, I do like Austin Cedric in that number two Ford. Um, But either way, I think it should be a good race. Um, I'm not sure it's going to be a great race. Uh, Certainly a tough act to follow in Charlotte. But I do know that the fans go absolutely nuts in the Midwest. Um, it's really become the Midwest race really at this point without Chicagoland. So um, good place to be. I'm excited to see everybody at the track there. It really should be a good good time, so I would encourage you to go. Um, but I think it's going to be a great race weekend and uh, as we get to it, I wish I wish everyone a good rest of the week. Uh, certainly tune into the show next week. We'll cover worldwide technology, racing and Sonoma. Um, outside of that, be sure to check us out on our socials. We are talking stock pod. You can find us on Twitter. Um, that'll have all the links to our YouTube, to our Spotify, to our Apple music, wherever you can listen to our, um, our stuff. Be sure to comment, use our hashtag talking stock. And we'll get you featured on the show. We have a couple DM communications. We're kind of compiling that right now. We want to talk about you guys on the show, talk about where you're rooting from, who you're rooting for, why you listen to the sport or just any of your thoughts on the race. We'd love to feature you. We'll keep things pretty anonymous so you can keep your privacy and we'll just talk about you, get you out there and really get build our fan engagement. So uh, I think that'd be really great. And I think it'd be a platform for you to guys to get your voice heard as well. So be sure to tune in next week and enjoy. I hope you enjoyed the show. Take care.